The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. He would throw all of them under the bus. Both of his sons, it's already been stated and reported that he would throw Don Jr. under the bus first before he'd throw Ivanka on the bus, uh, under the bus. And so, I, I, you know, because he's always had that infatuation with that, little, with that young lady, and it's really sad. Those teams can't be held accountable to anybody else but themselves. So until they get sued that they break up the NFL in an in a antitrust kind of way, then nothing's going to happen. So they do everything at all costs to not have discovery. He never spoke out against Trump. And, and Trump has been touting that same line that Pence could have done this, Pence could have done that. He is, not, he is not lightened up on that. He's been saying that since the beginning, and he's still going after Pence, and he's still saying this stuff. Why is Pence doing this now? You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, the show where we discuss politics social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you for the wonderful introduction, and good morning. Today is March 12, 2023, and it's the Sunday Morning Roundtable, where our panelists bring their topics to the table for discussion. It's time to step out. It's time to give God his, and on the other side, we'll be right back. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show. Online radio at its best. Hello, my friend and prayer partner. I'm Dorinda Clark Cole, an humble servant of the Lord. I want to thank you for joining me today in prayer, but prayer is the key for me in every situation. Prayer is a tool of power that balances me in my day. Therefore, There's not a day that should pass without conversing with him. This total life-changing CD collection, Prayers to the Throne, they are prayers that eventually cause your relationship with God to become more intimate and intense and effective. It certainly will be able to change your life, change every situation, and change the atmosphere. This is a time of day that I say, Lord, I need you to hear me, and I desperately need to hear from you. The cares of this world and life can crowd our minds with the cares of this life and the vicissitudes of time. So here we are saying, God, let the prayers of the righteous avail. And let God arise and every enemy that comes for me and my family be scattered. For knowing this, that even though the weapon that is formed shall not prosper. So for the next few moments, let us start our day with prayer. As we pray to our Father, 
who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Let us pray. Good morning, Jesus. Now having you here, I hear joy bells whenever you are near. No more sorrow, no more fear. For you have given us power. That's why with your victory we cheer. But this is the day that you have made. And no matter what it looks like, sounds like, or very well may be, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, first of all, we want to thank you for life that exists in us today at this very hour. I want to thank you for health to do any and everything. We want to thank you for strength that enables us with the ability to fulfill our purpose in you. For if it had not been for your power, this day would not exist. So, Father, we just want to say thank you. I praise you, Father, for your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, and your wonderful grace. Father, I just want to thank you for after all the things I've been through. I want to thank you for the things that I didn't understand, that were not a part even of my plan. The things that rocked my boat, and I thank you, God, for calming my sin. And I will glorify you, and I will glorify your name, because nothing is bigger than it, and the things that we pray, we have confidence that you will perform them. Father, we thank you for this time that you would keep us and protect us as we go through this day, as we speak life in this day. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. And amen. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the caller number. It is the serious sign on a beautiful Sunday. Glad you guys are here. I'm Jay Rowe, and as always, I never share the stage by myself. My big sisters in the house, Miss Vanessa Mae Belly from the Macanelli, and of course the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house as well. Let's say good morning to them both. What's going on, big sis? Welcome into the show. Good Sunday morning to you. Top of the morning, everybody. Glad to be here. Well, we are glad that you are here. Thank you so much for uh, just bringing your unique personality and all the joy that you bring every Sunday morning. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Bam. Someone told me I should have been a deacon back in the day. We'll see. My journey is still on its path. We'll see what happens. Man, who gets the first and last word? The one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house as well. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you, and good morning, Nessa, good morning, Kathleen, good morning, Momo D, good morning, Real D, good morning, Rich Sister, good morning, Married and Music, good morning, my brother Hawk, and good morning, my brother Jerome. Look at him, boy. He got it down packed. The number is 347-850-1272. Glad you guys are here on this beautiful Sunday, but it is Oscar Sunday, and uh, let's start the conversation off right there. All right, Mr. Elias, who do you want to see tonight walk away uh, with an Oscar? Just one person. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, oh, wow. To be honest, uh, Will Smith. Wow. Okay, there you go. He's not nominated, but there you go, Mr. Elias. Will yes, Smith. Yeah, wow. I, I, I thought the movie Emancipation was a brilliant and great movie. And it wasn't nominated because... I think because it was late in the season, I think. Maybe that's the reason why it's not up for a nomination. I don't know. I don't know. Because it just came out a few months ago. I don't know what the criteria is for that, but it was an excellent movie. And we'll talk about Will Smith here in a little bit. What about you, Vanessa? Give me one person uh, that you would like to see to walk away with the Golden uh, Trophy tonight. You know, my favorite movie of all time is Pop. I bet you I've seen that movie 10, 15 times. What, so, what's the name of the movie again? Top Gun. Tom Cruise. Top oh, Top Gun. Gun. Oh, oh, wow. I, I want to. Oh, no. I've seen Top Gun at least 10 times. And now the second one was just a Maverick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. So I want to see Tom Cruise, who is 60 years old, who does his own stunt, dropping out of helicopters and hanging off of buildings. I want to see him get it because he doesn't have a stunt man doing his job. He's doing it. I can Most of you're right. And produce the second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. Most of them, most of his stunts, he performs his own stunts. But yeah, he does have a stunt man. But that guy is probably the highest paid per hour stunt man in Hollywood because most of the time, you're right. Tom Cruise performs his own stunts. So you want Tom Cruise to win? Mr. Elias wants uh, Will Smith to win. I am going to go with Angela Bassett. She's up for her role in uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Uh, this would be her first Oscar. I would love to see her walk away with it. This is she's the first character uh, in the Marvel universe to be nominated for an Oscar. So I'm going for Angela Bassett. Um, you know, early on in the season it looked like she was a lock for it, but Jamie Lee Curtis has made a run with this movie. What is it called? Everybody, everywhere, whatever the name of that thing is. But so now uh-huh. Jamie Lee Curtis is in the running too. But I want to see our sister walk away with the golden trophy tonight. Even though I've never been a real big fan of this stuff, it's just a freaking trophy, and it's a it's a you know it's a award that white people created to pat themselves on the back. You know, I learned something a long time ago uh, when I was in business. They told me they said if you want to get people, if you want to talk to the head of corporations, all you need to do is make up an award and then tell them that they're going to get it. And their ego will embrace it so much that you will have all the big hitters right there in the same room. And I knew a company that did that. They would create awards and send it out to some of Houston's Houston's, uh, most uh, most successful CEOs in town and have this big award (laughs) dinner. And then they would use this time to rub elbows with them. I'm serious. It's a heart attack. And it works. And the prime example that I can give everyone that's listening to this show that they may be familiar with is the ESPYs. The ESPYs is an award that ESPN created. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, my God, I, you won the ESPY, the honorary ESPY. It's an award that they created for themselves. And so what did the NFL do? The NFL said, well, man, we like this. Let's go ahead and do the NFL honors. 
So you can make an award and people will come to it because our egos want us to be accepted, want us to be better than our peers. So, yeah, so I'm not a – it's an award. Who cares? You know, but whatever. I mean, but it means so much to everyone. So, you know, God bless. I want her to get it. And so, but, yeah, that's – you know, tell us how you really feel, Jay. That's how I feel about that type of stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, daylight savings time. Uh, Mr. Elias, man, when Ooh. are they going to stop this nonsense? Because I tell you, this is the worst wonderful year. time of the year. This is the worst time of the year. I hate this. Yeah. You lose an hour yeah. of sleep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, you know, some man. I hope it stops soon. I, I hope they just leave the time like it is right now. And they, they, they're, they're talking about getting rid of it. And I'm like, please, dude. What's the use? They've been talking about it what forever. I don't even understand the origin of this. I, I saw something one day that talked about why this happens. There are countries who do not participate in this. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's something that we do. And there are parts. Isn't there a section of our country that they do not change their time at all? Arizona. Yeah, I was going to say Arizona. Is it Arizona? Yeah, they Arizona. Arizona does not. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Arizona so, does so, not change their time at all. So, so Arizona just remains, it never changes. Right, right. <laughs> That's right. crazy. So, so Arizona is, what, two hours behind Central Time? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so because you have Pacific Time, you have, yeah. you have Pacific Time, you have Central Time, and you have Eastern Standard Time. So my question yeah. is, so they do not participate. So their time. So how does that work? I, I'm just curious because right now it's what uh, seven thirty, seven thirteen in Arizona. It's two hours behind us. I just asked. Yeah. All right, uh, so. So if so, so it fluctuates. So basically, when we are back on the other time, they're only one hour behind us. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, correct. Is that is that how it works? Correct. That's yes, crazy. It is. Yeah. Wow. Don't change the time. Why are you making? Why are you stirring up our brain this early in the morning? Well, because <laughs> that's you just said it. It's early in the morning. We shouldn't be here. I mean, we should be, I should be drinking coffee right now, preparing for the show in about 45 minutes. This is ridiculous. And then if you have a long night, you know, me and Mr. L.E.S. is up playing dominoes until the wee hours in the morning. Then we realize, hey, guess what? It's midnight. But now it's (laughs) 1 o'clock in the morning. Man, I forgot you were here. Hey. Hey. Oh, my God. Well, well, there you go. There you go, folks. This is what you get on this show. your your boo is in town. Okay, so not only did I not get any sleep, you know, I took a I took some knuckle sandwiches last night. So I, you know, I don't know what's going on around here. This is crazy, 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 crazy. So now two minutes well, left. Until one o'clock Well, that's just the way it is. <laughs> it, was it was actually twelve. 12. Yeah, there you go. Tell them, Mr. Elias. All right, so we have a couple of minutes left, and it's always tricky to have this conversation before the Sunday morning roundtable because I may bring up something that you guys plan to talk about because this show is not rehearsed. So I'll take the last few minutes to say something that I wanted to say last week, but we wasn't on the air, unfortunately, live. And I want to say happy belated birthday to Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones. Happy belated birthday, Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones. Yes, yes. yes looking birthday, good. Bobby. Now he's old enough to okay. drink. Okay, can I tell y'all something? Okay, Jay, yes. can I tell you three minutes? Three minutes. Okay, 
So, y'all know I got to do my uh, my cruise update. So, I had never been on a princess cruise. And you don't use a card to get in your room or to go to the casino or anything. You wear a medallion around your neck. And when you walk up to your room, it says, Hi, Bobby and Vanessa, and it unlocks. Wow. Oh, wow. When, mm. when you walk up to the bar, it's, I'll say, can I have a strawberry daiquiri? And they'll say, who's in the room with you? And I'll say, Bobby. And they'll just give me the drink. You know why? Because my medallion told them who I was when I walked up. Mm. Oh, wow. Wow. That's impressive. He walked past this girl. But we were going down the hall. Bobby walked past this sign and it said, happy birthday, Bobby, with blues. Wow. Oh, wow. It had disappeared. <laughs> now, that's saying something. Because remember, you're the queen of the now. I mean, you are always Ooh. on the high seas. We should call you uh, Queen Hook. Because she's always Ooh, on... She's on the cruise. She's on the water. She spends more time on the water than the United States Naval Academy. So now, that being said... For her to be impressed by something that happens on the water That's is crazy. impressive. So, kudos to which, which is this? You said the princess. You said it's, it's the a princess. Uh, I mean, it's not a whole lot to do but drink. But uh, yeah, it's the princess cruise line. And on the last night with Sea Night, they had Alaskan king yes. crabs that were already cracked, and all you had to do was pull the meat out. Uh, get out oh, of dodge. So let me ask you something. Did you do what I asked you to do last time we were together live? I asked you to say hello to Captain Stubing and uh, Gopher and all those guys. Did you say hi to Isaac for us? I, you know what? I, I, it was, you know what? It was so many black women on this ship that were hostesses. Every time I go by, I, I ain't never seen this many black women. You thought you were in Trinidad or something. I mean, I've never seen so many black women that were pretty from the island in one place in my life. Uh, but I didn't see that. So I was going to ask you the question. The most important question uh, uh, of, of the most important question is where they find it. You said they were. So, uh, yeah, let me, Mr. Yep. Elias, we need to put one of those. All right, so listen, it's time yep. for an NPR News <laughs> update. We'll step out, take a break, and then Mr. Elias is on the clock. You're listening to the serious side. 347-850-1272. Good morning to you. I hope you guys are having a wonderful and blessed Sunday so far, and we'll see you on the other side. Don't you go anywhere. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. Former Vice President Mike Pence chose a Saturday night gathering of Washington journalists and politicians to deliver tough remarks about former President Trump and the role he played in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Speaking at the annual White Tide Gridiron Dinner, Pence said that Donald Trump's reckless words that day, quote, endangered my family and everyone at the Capitol, and history will hold Donald Trump accountable. Pence is expected to seek the 2024 GOP nomination. A 10th atmospheric river event is again saturating parts of the West Coast. In the Monterey County, California community of Pajaro, the rising local river has breached its levees, flooding the town and forcing thousands to evacuate. From member station KAZU, Jeremiah Edding has more. Monica Garcia Rocha evacuated her home around midnight last night, along with her husband and two young children. The family spent the night in their jeep. We didn't have, like, no place to go. So we decided maybe just, like, stayed on the car tonight. 
and see what happened today in the morning. There are shelters available for residents, but Garcia Rocha says she's worried about COVID-19 exposure. She says she can't afford a hotel room. It's like a hundred a night. Because we were calling hotels and they're like getting up, they're like rising the prices. County officials don't yet know the extent of the damage, and there's more rain on the way next week. For NPR News, I'm Jeremiah Edding in Pajaro, California. The eastern Ukrainian city of Bakhmut is now the site of the longest and bloodiest battle in Russia's war on Ukraine. And now the UK's defense ministry says a Russian parliamentary paramilitary group controlled by the Kremlin currently commands most of it. NPR's Joanna Kakissis has more. Both Russia and Ukraine have seen an astonishing number of casualties on the battlefield, though they won't reveal the exact numbers. The fighting in Bakhmut has already claimed the life of Ukraine's most famous soldier, 27-year-old Dmytro Kotsubailo, a commander known by his call sign, Da Vinci. Russian forces began their offensive to capture Bakhmut in August. They have made progress with the help of the Wagner Group, a private force of paid mercenaries founded by a Kremlin ally. The Wagner mercenaries are trying to encircle the Ukrainians on the battlefield. The front line is now along a river dividing the city. Joanna Kikensis, NPR News, Kyiv. The ripples of the Silicon Valley bank failure have not been restricted to the tech industry. When federal banking regulators took over Friday, shockwaves were felt around the world, and now businesses are trying to pick up the pieces. In California, the bank was also a longtime lender to the wine industry. The bank served entrepreneurs in London, and CEOs of startups are concerned about making payroll. This is NPR News. Here's a not-so-fun fact, Vince. And what is that, your lariness? A rollover happens every 10 minutes. How long have we been driving? Nine minutes and 58. could learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle your safety belt. Online radio at its best. Back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's twenty one minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rao show, and of course, Mr. Elias is on the clock. So, Mr. Elias, man, what are we talking about for this first thirty? First, I'm sorry, fifteen minutes of the show, sir. your lead in yeah. food i'm trying to you know try to customize it for you but you know that's how you do okay. anyway Mr. Ellis, what are we talking okay. about clown i want to talk about this clown as state representative paul Sherrill, republican right so in tennessee they were talking about uh 
uh, the death penalty and reintroducing the uh, uh, put him in front of a firing squad. So what does this clown do? He says, hey, can we start hanging people from a tree as well? This is what this guy says. Can we start as a death penalty? He wants to start hanging people from trees. And he, he, he says, well, I didn't realize the implications of what I was talking about until, I, and, until somebody brought it to my attention. I'm thinking to myself, you didn't know about the implications of what was going on. I'm talking about hanging somebody from a tree. Are you kidding me at this time? And this guy's name is Paul Shirell. He's a, he's, a, he's a state representative, Republican from Tennessee. And I could not believe that this guy brought this up, talking about hanging people from a tree. And I, and I, and I thought to myself, did you ever listen to uh, Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit, that song? And, and just so many things ran through my mind. And, and this guy, this, this, is, this is how racist these people are. They don't think they're racist. It, it just it blew me away that this guy even had the gall to talk about hanging people from a tree, man. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Okay, well, I guess the question is, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a you. Why are you surprised? I mean, you act like you know every time I bring up something, I says, you know what, man, I can't believe that they're talking about this. And the first thing that comes to your mouth is, why are you surprised? I'm not surprised. So I guess my question back to you is, why are you surprised? I'm not surprised. I'm more angry than surprised, man. The, the gall that this clown would have to say that, I'm I'm not surprised at all. And that that goes without saying. I'm angry that this clown would just come out and and just say something like this, man. And just like he had to just the gall to just come out and say, "Can we start start hanging people from trees?" And I, I you know, my mom and then my, my first responsibility was like, yes, if it's one of if it's you or one of your relatives, we should start hanging people from trees. You, you just gotta start hitting these people in the gut and hitting them hitting them hitting them low, man. Hitting them hitting them low because they don't they don't care, man. The way they the way they talk to people and treat people these days, it's just it's not a surprise, but like I said, it's just it, it just got up under my skin because I'm thinking to myself. You had the gall to say this, and it was just like, no big deal. Yeah, hang somebody from a tree. Well, Vanessa, I guess the question to you is, are you surprised by the comment? I'm surprised that he would say it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised that he was thinking it or that he said it behind closed doors. I'm just, I think it's funny because I can't believe he said it out loud. Well, okay, you say that, but, you know, come on. I mean, there are things that they've been saying out loud for the longest. I don't know why any of us are surprised by that. I can't believe I'm playing Mr. Elias's role this morning. But, I, but the bottom line is they do this all the time. And then they come back and ask for forgiveness. How many times have we seen statements from political leaders who have said something that was out of bounds, and then they come back and say, oh, well, I didn't realize the impact of my words. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You knew it. So my question is, Mr. Elias, do you think that this was – okay, so what did he say in his – did he apologize, first of all? And then what did he say if he did yeah. apologize? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He apologized after – you know, he apologized afterwards, but he just – he said, hey, I just – I was just wondering, 
Could I put an amendment on the on, on the floor that would would include hanging hanging by a tree? But <laughs> you can I sound to like Jerome for a minute? Mm-hmm. But can I play Jerome for a minute? Because Jerome would mm-hmm. say, Jerome would say, well, you know, black people are very forgiving people, and people have short memories. Y'all know that's what Jerome would say, and and he's telling the truth about that. Because yeah, but you have to use Jerome's voice. That was not a very good impression of Jerome. You want to try that again, please? <laughs> wow! I can't, but he would say that. But he would say that, and it is very, very true. So I just have to, you know, that's what Jerome would say. That and and people gonna well, but if, him if you're saying that. it's true. But if you're saying it's true, Vanessa, elaborate. Well, why do you think that's true? Well, why do you think, you know, it sounds like you agree with him on this. So just tell us the reason why you agree, that you I agree with Jerome I, on this. Because black people don't do anything about it. They just be mad for a minute mm-hmm. that he said it and keep mm-hmm. it moving. Like all the people who play white face, black face, mm-hmm. putting black mm-hmm. faces on you. They're mad for a minute, and then they, you know, they move on to the next something. Well, white people stay mad forever and get you back. So, you know, uh-huh. that's, you know white people going to get you uh-huh. back. And you might know when they're going to get you back or how they're going to get you back, but they do. But black people just talk trash and keep it moving. Yep. Yep. And that's true. We are, you're 100% right, Vanessa. We are the most forgiving people there we are. But, you know, me, I like the old grudges. I do. I'm sorry. If you, you know, me, I, I kind of do a, a little get, bit get you with back. people. I kind of do a little bit with people. I'm a, I'm gonna get you when you it, it, in a way that you're not even gonna expect it. Sometimes I have to do family like that. That's just terrible. But yeah, I'm kind of like that. I, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Then I have to go after, or I have to stop and say, Lord, remove that from me because I be wanting to get them back for something. Mm-hmm. I do. Well, yeah, but but I guess at the end of the day, I mean, if you're surprised by any comment that someone says, this is the political environment for it. You know, Donald Trump has created an environment where racists and people that think along those lines feel comfortable to uh, express their views publicly. Before, these were yeah. things that happened in back rooms. You know, you had the dark web, which still exists. But the bottom line is, is that why are we surprised? I mean, why? In this morning, in this week's edition of Informant, it's less something that you need to know. We'll talk about that in a little bit more detail, which is coming up here in, in, in about five minutes or so. So I don't know why we're surprised, and I don't even know what I'm to talk surprised. about with this because, because, I mean, okay, so he said it. Okay, now what? He said it, and they say now, this stuff now, all the time. So what's the context now, now of the we, conversation behind these fools saying this nonsense? We need to keep this to the forefront so that when elections do come, that people get to get out and vote. You know, we, we don't, like Vanessa said, we don't do anything about it. And these people are slowly taking away our rights to vote. So why are we not, you know, why I'm bringing it out so people maybe in Tennessee that are listening to us will be angry yep. over it. You know, so, so that, that, that when it's time to vote and this guy, this guy comes up for re-election, Get his ass out of office because he, he does not need to be there. Anytime you say, I just want to bring an amendment to the floor, I want to bring a law so we can start hanging people again, 
look, you can say what you want to, but they they're trying to get Jim Crow back in his joint. So let's 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 keep things in the forefront, keep things in the front alone. Because as soon as we talk about this, ten minutes later somebody will forget about it. I didn't forget about it. I still haven't forgotten about it. And this was two weeks ago when I told you about it. So I mean, you don't bring stuff like this up and then say, Oh well, you know, he said it but you know, People make mistakes. No, you, you you did this consciously, my brother. You did just this is on a conscious level that you wanted to hang, start hanging people. Well, first of all, he's not our brother. Second of all, uh, I agree with what you're saying, but let me tell you something. When the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, that affected white folks too. I, I just think that it doesn't matter because even after they made that critical decision and made that change, Mr. Elias, they still Republicans still won the House. I don't give a damn if they won it by two two seats. They still won it. So at the end of the day, what difference does it make? I mean, when you do stuff, when you kill little white babies and they still don't change legislation, when you do things that hurts white people as well as black folks and they don't do anything, well, there's no political punishment for their nonsense. Okay, so they're not going to win. So they didn't win as many seats as they thought they would. What do you do? What's your response to that? Well, you know, what you need to do is stop gerrymandering because had they not gerrymandered New York, and I, I, like I said, Jerome was correct. When 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 the Republic, when when the Democrats are in power, they do nothing like what the Republican Party does would would do. And so they gerrymandered New York. Had they not gerrymandered New York, they would not be in power. That's just yeah. But see, but no, no, wait a minute. Now I I think New York's a bad example because I think that the Democrats did try to do that, and uh, a judge said no. That's the problem. You know, you have more. They, you have a moral compass with some judges, but then in states that you have a Democratic, uh, you know, governor. But they did try to to do some stuff in New York, and, and they they were denied when they went to the to their Supreme Court. But Republicans don't care because they'll do it, and their yeah. Republican counterparts on the Supreme Court will say yay. So you know, yeah, I, I think that there's some validity to that conversation and to that argument, but at the end of the day, when Democrats try to do these things, and I do agree with Jerome when he says things like, you know, we have a higher moral compass than, than, than they do. You know, think about what happened to Al Franken. He got put out of office because he had his hands like he had, he took a picture like he was about to grab a woman's boobs. He never did. But you have yeah. President Trump who paid off a, a, a porn star, and, and, and it looks like and it looks like maybe that's going to come to fruition here real soon. Who knows? But come on. There's, you know, like you said, Mr. LAS, man, I'm agreeing with both of my adversaries this morning. Like you say, right, like when Michelle Obama says when they go low, we go high, your motto is what, Mr. LAS? You go lower. You go low. There you, you go. Said, if you if you in the ground, I'm going underground to get you. And yeah. I mean, that's Which how I, it works, Which man. Because these clowns don't care. I can't believe I'm this. Yeah, I, I really can't believe I'm agreeing with this guy this morning. But it, it's right. a true it's a true statement. By it's true. Necessary. What did you say, Vanessa? Necessary. I can't believe you agreeing with him either. I know. Can you believe it? Write it down. What's today's date? March 12th. I can't believe it. I, I, I can't believe it. But but what he's saying is, you know, at some point in time, you can't bring a knife to a gunfight. You just can't keep coming in there with your political high ground and with your halo and your wings, which, we, you know, we all are trying to at some point put those on. You know? But like my man said in, uh, in Gladiator, not just yet, not just yet, but that's the end goal. 
But, God dang it, at the end of the day, these dudes don't care. They're winning. Yeah. They're winning. Yeah. You know, I, it, it chaps my tail when I hear people say, oh, 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 yeah, oh the Republicans really lost during the midterms. They won the House. And the, and the Senate was up for grab until the 11th hour. And the Senate is still in trouble coming up this next uh, voting cycle. So, I mean, have they really won? Or did, is it a situation where we just slowed them down? I mean, think about it. Over, 70, over 75 million people, I think, voted for Donald Trump this last time around after his four years in office. Think about that. Joe Biden didn't win, you know, eight to one. I mean, yeah, he had more, way more votes than he did. But the fact that more than a million people voted for that fool tells you everything you need to know about this freaking country of ours. That's amazing. So why are we celebrating? Is, I just want to know, why, why are we celebrating that, ooh, the Republicans barely won the House? The key word in that sentence is won. <laughs> they won it. Yeah, they won the House, but can they win a free and fair election? No, they can't. No, they can't, but it doesn't. But see, that's my point, sir. My point is, is that as long as they still hold some power, then guess what? You're going to have these mixed results all the time. You can't tell me that a nation, what? Imagine if everybody that didn't vote got out and voted. Yeah, but see, you're that. talking about you're talking about making generational changes, and I'm not saying that you should not continue to try to sustain those efforts. But come on, man, it's like when you work for like okay, like retail department stores, right? They have a line item in their in their budget that they know people are going to steal stuff from their from their uh, from their stores. They know it. They know that no matter what type of loss prevention that they put in place, they count for a certain percentage of their goods to be stolen. And so how do they make up their profit margin? By increasing prices on certain th- different things. It's a given. So you have to operate within that world. It's the same thing when it comes to voting. We can have this sad conversation all day long and twice on Sunday about if everybody voted. Well, yeah, but they're not, and they never will. Well, well, well you know why? Because they took – uh, civics out of high school. Look, man, if we get well, out... That's the main reason why. Oh, bull, bull. They, they, no, they, it's they, not. They, they, bull. How did you learn about politics? How Mr. Elias, about politics? I talk to people who work in government, and they tell me that their vote doesn't mean a damn thing. So they're not voting. We got lazy jokers that sit around here. Now, they'll stand in line two days to buy a pair of Jordans, but they won't stand in line an hour to go vote. I ain't got time for that. Oh, but you got time to go stand in line for the, the new Jordans. Because it Come on, man. Never been st- or a brand okay. new Apple iPhone. Or a brand new oh, Apple yeah. iPhone. They'll, they'll make tents. They'll pitch tents outside all night. But they will not stand uh, in line. Oh, man, that line long. I ain't going to vote. Okay, you're right. My vote don't because, mean nothing. And, 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 and and, and you know why? Because the Republican Party right. has made it so difficult for you to vote. It don't that. matter. Can, it does matter. If you yeah, you know, it, it, it does not. It does not matter, Mr. Elias. Oh, 
It does. It, it, if, if you, okay, if it it's doesn't matter, on you. Why okay, let me ask you something. Why is it so difficult to vote? Okay, you're right. Why you're it right. It you're so right. Difficult? You're right. You're right. You're right. So let me ask you this. Has that stopped you from voting? No. It never will. There you go. My, well, 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 there you go. No, you, you just proved my point. Say that. No, yeah. I did not say that. Yes, I can. The bottom line is, is because I know how important it is to vote. Has that ever been? Oh, well, there you go. Know, you said you know, it. You know, I, you, I, you, Mr. Elias. Let's talk about let's talk about the election of Barack Obama. When black folks knew there was something to vote for, they got out in droves. And what happened to the Republican Party? They got scared. They were frightened by the fact that all these black people getting out. Where, where are you going they had with this? Something to go vote about. Because okay, so where are those same black people now? Well, where where are those same black people now? Because they realized it was a chance to put the first black man in office. If okay, so where are they? Are, where are they now? Because they don't know the importance. All they've seen was the fact that oh. they're putting a black man in office. Now, if you right. give them the importance of how they can change the government <laughs> and the laws and everything else, <laughs> there you go. It's been proven. Okay. Think about Georgia. Okay. Okay. Think about Georgia. Has that flipped? What about Georgia, Mr. Elias? They flipped it. Didn't they flip it? Uh, they, 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 didn't, they didn't flip it. It's not flipped. It's, it's purple. That's that's the termination of purple. Okay. It's a mixture of blue and red. They didn't flip it right, because it can it can very well go back to Republicans in the next voting in the next uh, election cycle. I mean, it's not it's not a straight up blue state like California. Okay, but haven't 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 they won the state the last the last couple of elections? Okay, but they barely won it. It's a purple state. Oh, I don't, I don't know where you're going with Maybe this. They win. You, okay, they barely won it. They barely won it. I don't know where he's going. They, they, they won it. They won it. Okay, that's said, fine. I, I don't, don't care if they won but what, but, they but won what does that have? But what does that because have to do with people taking before. taking their civic responsibility serious enough to go vote? Because you make excuses for them. The, the, the white man is the, no, the way, yeah. Excuses. Okay. No, I'm not. All right. I'm okay, not, fine. Because they were like, what happened? When Georgia now that the, the, the Republican Party are now that we district and everything, so that they can say, hey, these black folks are getting out to vote because they know how important it is now. So now that we district and everything, so they can move the goalposts again. Okay. So if, 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 if we get out and we get to voting, they'll, they'll, they'll try something different at that point in time. Okay. So none of that responsibility falls on the voters. It's the white man's fault that people don't go out and vote. Got it. All right. I'm with you. All right, Mr. Elias. Great yeah, conversation. Great first topic. Yes. Well, that's okay. not true. All right. So coming up in this okay. week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. We talked about a, a little bit earlier in this set, how racists and people that think along those lines feel that this is the right climate to express their views, no matter how hateful and how hideous they are. It's convenient time. In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. We'll be right back. You listen to the serious side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You can participate. Just pick up that phone and call. Florida has become sort of an epicenter for right-wing and far-right forces. The populist political agenda of Governor Ron DeSantis plays with some far-right tropes, while far-right figures like Brazil's Jair Bolsonaro have found refuge in the state. 
On the ground, extremist groups are looking to capitalize on the moment. Some have been using high-powered projectors to cast hateful images and messages onto buildings, which recently prompted Jacksonville City Council to make it illegal for anyone to project messages onto buildings without the owner's consent. On the eve of the city council's actions, NPR's Sergio Olmos visited Jacksonville and sent this report. Y'all are going to have to stand on this side of this thing. Devalue your eyeballs. In a downtown alley, a small group of self-proclaimed neo-Nazis get ready. Huh? Eyes on. All right. All of the men have their faces covered. <clears throat> Two of them wear white gaiters with the acronym of their group written in World War II-era Nazi typeface. An NFL playoff game is about to kick off nearby. Downtown is full of excited football fans. So it's like when we've got two or three guys out here, we're not trying to have like a mob of angry people accost us, you know what I mean? Josh Noons leads the group. He keeps a lookout for police, while another man sits on the ground, readying a commercial-grade laser projector. They shine a scrolling message onto a skyscraper about banning drag shows. What we're really going for is people putting it on social media and spreading it around and pushing the uh, conversation in the public arena. News gets on his phone to call another man who's monitoring social media reaction. They start out with messaging meant to attract mainstream conservatives, but then move on to more overt bigotry. Well, here comes Mr. Bird. Noon suspects a police helicopter may be overhead. They begin packing up to move to a different spot. They take off their gaiters and walk through downtown Jacksonville. People flood out from the bars and restaurants on this cool Saturday evening. It's a mixed crowd, white, African-American, Latino. Noons and his group pass by unnoticed. Finally, they set up near the waterfront and shine an image onto a skyscraper. That's a uh, cross and a swastika. A swastika five stories tall that's visible for miles. And so some of this stuff we put up is just a laser Nazi bunker. We've got people that make images and we throw them up just to kind of get it out there. In 2021, the Department of Homeland Security designated white nationalists the biggest domestic threat that the U.S. faces. Experts say there's a strategy behind the kinds of things that Nunes is doing. These groups are looking to desensitize people to imagery like this. Van Pop is a researcher with the Anti-Defamation League. Over the last two years in Florida, the ADL has tracked over 400 instances of white nationalist literature being disseminated. Pop says the normalizing of racist imagery is one way that white nationalists look to gain a foothold. They want the community to view this as a normal occurrence, and so they're attempting to make it a normal occurrence by going out every weekend and using these laser projectors to do this. Pop says these kinds of actions are meant to project power, to portray the group as larger and more powerful than they are, which, for the moment, is a handful of masked men in an alley on a Saturday night. And it also is a way of them sort of saying, hey, we're here. Many of these groups aren't that big, so stunts like this make them seem bigger than they are, especially when it takes up a giant skyscraper in downtown Jacksonville. At the same time, mainstream political figures like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis have fused some far-right talking points into their political rhetoric. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. In states like Florida, conspiracy theories and culture war grievances that get prominent placement on right-wing media have become central to public policy. So in Florida, we will make sure that parents can send their kids to school 
to get an education, not an indoctrination. It's exactly the kind of moment people like Josh Nunes have waited for to make their ideas seem more relatable. We're like regular working class white people uh, that are racially aware. And so we're not, right? And so stuff like this, we feel like it's a, it's a good way to relate to normal people. Normal people that Nunes hopes to recruit to his cause so groups like his don't have to hide in alleys anymore. is the call-in number. It is 49 minutes after the hour, or 10 before the top of the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. It's the Sunday morning roundtable where our panelists bring their topics to the table, and uh, you know the pecking order. Mr. Elias has uh, said what he had to say. Now the queen is on the clock. Vanessa, time is yours. Floor is yours. What are we talking about this morning? Uh, during your segment of the show? You know, I was going to talk about something a little bit more serious, like um, the women who flee Texas go have abortions, but y'all were so deep. I, I saw that. Gonna... Yeah, but I'm going to skip that because y'all were so Oh, deep. wow. That's that's unfortunate. Yes, but okay. yes it was unfortunate. Wow. Okay. Did y'all see the Chris Rock Netflix uh show he did live last No, I haven't week. seen it. I saw some of the <laughs> clips, though. <laughs> yeah. I have yet to see it either. Ooh, it is so worth looking at. But if I talk about it, then y'all, then y'all see it. So uh, that's, what I, that's what my topic was going to be, but y'all haven't seen it. So No, no, but we've back. seen enough. I mean, I know where you're going with it. I mean, the, you know, all you have to do is watch the first 10 minutes of it. I think that's where your your, your talking point is coming no, from, right? I or no? watch the last 10 minutes of it because his show was so hilarious. He was talking about his child, speaking all these different languages and stuff. But at the very, very end, he talked about Will slapping him. What I thought that about? was at the beginning. Uh-uh, last Shug Smith. He waited until the last 10 minutes of his comedy show that he did live and talked about Will Smith and then dropped the mic at the end. He okay. talked about the <clears throat> fact that... Uh-huh. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you finish. the fact that Will was upset about what he said but then Jada is the one who got on her Red Table show. Yes, Momo B, I know you look at it every time it come on. 
So got on her round table, red table, whatever it is, and wanted to yeah. talk to Will about having an affair with her son's friend. But then y'all yeah. want to get mad at Chris Rock. Now, the only thing I don't like that Chris Rock really did was he called Jada a bitch. He said, that bitch shouldn't have been talking to him and blah, blah, blah. He didn't have to call her that. I didn't like that. But everything he said was the truth. They have an open mm. marriage. They do. They have an open marriage. So does Monique. Ain't no big deal. They are people. They don't mind talking about it. But when he said something, yeah, Will was laughing until he looked at Jada's face. So yeah. there were no apologies from Will. And they figured that, and then Jada comes on after this over with and made a comment and said, he needs to get over it. No, no. Y'all wanted him to get over it and not do a show about it. But they paid him $14 million to do that comedy show. Netflix did. So he is laughing well, all the way to the bank about Will Smith. Slapping him. Well, $40 million well, I don't, he got paid. Okay, now I don't know if there's two shows. I know that um, uh, when I saw the coverage on it, they said he wasted no time jumping into the slap, and he spent the first ten minutes of the show talking nope. about the slap. Okay, well, that, nope. I'm telling you what I what, what. Okay, fine. I'm not. I'm just telling you what what they said. Now, here's the well, deal with, with that whole thing. Whoever said it, whoever said it, they need to just go to Netflix and look at it. That boy didn't talk about it until the end of the show. Dropped the mic and walked off. Okay, well, I mean that's fine. All right, that's fine. I, l- let me let me tell you my take on it. Well, Mr. Elias, you go he first. Had well, what do you think? Had people sitting on edge, waiting to talk about it. I mean, okay, yeah. okay. He talked about living yeah. in, growing up in the ghetto, where his mama had to go to a a, 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 a veterinarian to get her teeth pulled yeah. when he was a child. When because she couldn't go to a black a dentist. Because she was black? Yeah. That's deep. That's deep. I didn't even well, know black is... people had to do that. Yeah. Well, but I've also seen Chris Rock sit on a panel of white folks saying the N-word, and he was laughing and giggling. So, you know, he doesn't get any cool points from me. Mr. Elias, man, give me your thoughts on what Vanessa has brought to the table. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Everybody <laughs> says... Well, you, know, you, you want to talk about it, but you keep talking. ...about white people. I hate it, but they no, do. No, no, no. You have to go watch it. You have to watch it. And, you know, it's like, no. We're you don't not sit talking there. About, we are not talking about Chris Rock and his past and what he did. That he, what he was well, doing you brought up a topic. We're talking you, well, about, we uh, are talking about that Will Smith got up on stage in front of everybody. Except the okay, of Vanessa. <laughs> Oh my God, Vanessa! You're starting the conversation just like when Mr. Elias brought up that last topic about the guy uh, hanging people. That conversation ended up talking about gerrymandering. We're just having a conversation. You brought the topic up. We're talking. That's all. That's what it's about. It may not end up the way you want it to end but you up. Said you're not any points. I give him points because I would have sued Will Smith, but he didn't have to sue well, Will okay, Smith. Okay, fine. Netflix paid him forty million dollars to get up on for ten minutes and talk about it. Okay, now okay you fine. You, but okay, fine. You brought it up. I'm just, you know, I'm just having a conversation. Mr. Elias, what do you think about what Vanessa brought up to the table? Um, man, personally, I don't have any 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 thoughts about Chris Rock because personally, um, you know, <laughs> I just don't have any comments about this guy, man, because uh, he, he's. 
you know, I just don't have any. I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, no, well, wait a minute. It's not about Chris Rock, Mr. Elliott. He's the victim. I don't understand why y'all it, mad at him. Uh, I'm not mad, mad at him at all. Nobody's mad, mad at him. I just don't have. I don't have any. I don't have any comments about it. I personally, oh, personally you I can't, you can't like just like he's really Jerome. Well, he's Jerome. Jerome. Well, no, don't change your topic. Don't change your topic because of that clown. No. I mean, listen, you don't have to talk. Listen, my feelings towards Chris Rock doesn't have a dang on thing to do with what happened. And I think that he should be thanking Will Smith because Chris Rock, in my opinion, was an afterthought until this happened. And so I never, I never thought he was really all that funny. What Will Smith did was wrong. I'm not even, you know, and you're right. There are reports out there that said Will Smith is hurt because they, he keeps bringing it up. But, but Negro, you should have slapped him. You should have slapped him. I agree with that. You know, you should have slapped him. But so, so go ahead. I agree with that. You know, I agree. You should have. He should have never slapped him. But you right. know, that's just that. You know that, that. You know, as far as Chris telling how ghetto he is and all this, how he grew up. Well, you know. We all change in our lives. Is all I can say about that man. And I'm not mad at that, that either. But you know? but let's be let, let's be honest. If Will Smith had slapped the doo doo out of uh, Chris Rock at the Oscars, would we even be talking about Chris Rock? So sometimes, no. hey, don't look look don't look don't look a gift slapped in the face, baby. That guy that slap got you forty or fifty million dollars that you would not have had in your bank. No one would have came to Chris Rock and said, "Hey, do a Netflix special." Everybody want to hear what he had to say. That's that's true. And they did it strategically too, because they placed it right before the Oscars, a week before the Oscars. Right. So they did it strategically. Exactly. So everybody would. Pay attention to the so there you go. So, so there you yeah. go. So, so, so Chris Rock, you know, he can say what he want to say about Will Smith. And like I said, I don't like the fact that Will Smith slapped the doodle out of him. He shouldn't have done it. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And he can't be in it all into his feelings because Chris Rock is going to, he's going to, he's going to, look, he's going to, hey, I'm going to take advantage of this. <laughs> Why not? You know, because everybody wants to talk to me. But he, you know, for me, but his demeanor now, now that I talk this thing through, the way he acted after Will Smith slapped him, that's how that's how he was acting when he was sitting with these white people. They were sitting around saying this word around him, and he was laughing and joking and, and yucking it up with him. I would have walked off the set. You know, I don't care. Listen, art is one thing, but you just can't sit there. And you knew they were doing that, and they were really taking advantage of quote unquote. This is art. This was this was a talk show. This wasn't a a comedy show. They were sitting on a on, on a panel, and he was sitting there with a bunch of white folks, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm like you, Uncle Tom Negro." Well, I'm sorry, we know what Uncle Tom means now, but you know what I'm talk, talking about. Really, you house Negro. So look, if you was a real man, I tell you what, let Will Smith come on stage and slap me and Mr. Les. Boy, they they'd have to go to commercial because <laughs> as soon as he walked off, I'd have tackled his ass. <laughs> It, 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 it wouldn't have been, would have been a commercial for me. Jerry, Jerry oh, no, no, no they would have to me. go to commercial. Yeah, they would to commercial, yeah, Mr. Elias, yeah, because, boy, because, yeah, yeah, see, yeah. They, the reason they didn't go to commercial, because people that were saying, wait a minute, is this a part? Because it was so like, oh, wow. And so they didn't know if it was a part of the act. And so they was like, they mm-hmm. kept the camera running. 
until and then, but until they cut when when Will said, "Keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth," they said, "Okay, this is real." But they wouldn't have waited that long to have been one of us. He'd have slapped me. I said, uh-uh. "What?" And I would have tackled him <laughs> immediately. <laughs> then the office yeah. music would have came you know on. What? We'll be right back I after the I commend him and his coot for being cool and and sitting up there taking it Man, and please. dealing with it. But no. I, y'all know what? Will Smith was foul no. out of line. He didn't have to be screaming the cuss word across with all of them white people. So no. I mean, no. he didn't have to say keep my wife effing. I mean, all of this is ghetto and ignorant. Well, he had a middle breakdown. Well, he had a middle breakdown. I just think he had a little breakdown. I think everything that, I think everything you talked about with it just it all accumulated right there. It was like you know when you keep stuff. I tell people all the time, if you have things that are bothering you, talk about it. Don't let it build up because pressure busts a pipe. And so all of a sudden, everything just came to the top, and he just blew up. Just talk about it. You know, he, he lives a very public life. He got two crazy kids. He got a wife that's, I mean, think about this for a second. His wife is slept with one of his, his, his son's friends. I mean, do you have no, I mean, I guess you can love who you want to love, but my God, you're married. And I think about this whole situation with Scottie Pippen's ex-wife, you know, with Michael Jordan's son. So what's the difference? Jay, they're swingers, so what's the difference? Well, okay, well, you know, all right. Well, if they're swingers, they're swingers. I, I just, I don't know. I, not, okay, you swing swing with somebody your own age. Don't swing with your son's friend. I mean, I, that's just crazy. Touche. That, that whole thing is weird. You know, the thing that's so crazy about those two, and then we have to go, is the fact that they play these down-to-earth, straight-up brother and sister roles. You know, when she was on A Different World, you could. T- this is the difference between a person and, and, and them acting. You know she was that smart aleck old girl on a different world that you would think that wouldn't come from a background like that. Will Smith was, you know, the French prince. Will Smith, you know, you wouldn't think that, that they would allow, you know, Uncle Phil was a disciplinarian. This dude, man, what they're doing is crazy. I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. That, that whole situation is weird. But that's a great topic, Vanessa. Chris Rock is, is going to, he's going to, he's going to profit. He's going to continue to profit off it. And I don't blame him. Get it while it's hot. That's forty million he wouldn't have had in his pocket had the situation not happened this time last year, right? Do we all agree on that? Okay. Or no? Yep. I agree definitely. on that. Most definitely. So Will Smith needs to go somewhere and sit down. Well, he needs to let it go. No, you need to let it go. You shouldn't have got mad uh, because he cracked the joke. I don't think there was any, was anything wrong with the joke. To be honest with you, I mean it happened. No, it wasn't. It was not anything yeah. wrong with that joke at all. Mm-mm. Right, he but he, you know, Will Smith, you texting this woman. Oh, please, Will laughed at first, like you said, Vanessa. He laughed until he looked over there and saw Jada. He's oh, <laughs> let me go on up here and handle my business. And then the Joker, the Joker, <laughs> that Joker straightened up his shirt, and straightened up his coat, and walked off. <laughs> I said, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Will Smith he had, had, a, he had, a, foot, he had a foot right in his back if it had been me. As soon as you turned your back to me, you'd have had a foot in your back, and I'd have been beating your butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, my God. All right. It's time to step out. All right. Coming up next, I am on the clock. I need to think about what I want to talk about, but that's okay. We'll keep the conversation open. 347-850-1272. We'll be right back after this. That's funny. moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. All those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. 
much, too much. Online radio at its best. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the call-in number. It is Sunday. It is the serious side. And this is the Sunday Morning Roundtable where we talk about topics, where our panelists bring topics to the table that, uh, that they would like to discuss. Glad you guys are here. Um, I'm on the clock, and, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about something that uh, I thought was important. Uh, this past, uh, last week, uh, March 7th to be exact, and I think people know where I'm going, so on March 7, 1965, when a 25-year-old activist named John Lewis led over 600 marchers across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama, one of those marchers was a young lady by the name of Viola Luzo. Luzo. Now, Viola Luzo was an African-American civil rights activist uh, who heeded the call of Martin Luther King Jr. and traveled to Detroit, Michigan, and Selma, Alabama in wake of Bloody Sunday in an attempt uh, at marching across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. She participated in the march, and she helped coordinate a lot of different uh, 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 rides and logistics for African Americans to get to safer places. Well, she was killed 18 days later, right, trying to help African-Americans to escape and to drive them to polling places. Now, this was a lady who was from Detroit, Michigan, right? And she was a normal housewife. And she saw what was going on on television, and she said, you know what, i got to step up and, and step up and uh, do the right thing. And she was a white woman. And I think sometimes we get caught up in this situation where the fight for civil rights is all about the people who look like us. And there were a lot of people who don't look like us who participated in this process. And I know sometimes we have a back and forth on the show about, you know, trying to, you know, you know, we raise these people up. We don't give these people credit. We need to give people credit because they saw what was happening to another human. They didn't give a damn about the color of that person's skin, but they wanted to make a difference. And these are people that we don't know. These are not household names, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., Mecca Evers. A lot of people died during the civil rights movement that I think we should pay homage to, and we need to talk about them. And so you talk about a legacy. Her sons, who, you know, who are now civil rights activists as well in their own rights, is because of what their mother did. She sacrificed her family to go and participate to try to help African-Americans become free and become equal citizens. And I just want to spend a few minutes talking about her and, and you know, and what she did and, and how she did it. Mr. Elias, there are a lot of, of forgotten names or unknown names that participate in this process. And I think it's time for us to start bringing these people up so folks will know who these folks are, who made the ultimate sacrifice. Well, and all honesty, Jay, I, I didn't know about this young lady. And, uh, you know, like I said, like you said, man, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, it, it's that you're there to help people, you know. And, and she's, a, she's a human being that saw the travesty and injustice that were happening to our, our people, and she stepped up to the forefront to help. So, you know, it doesn't make a difference, you know, that she was white. It, it made a difference that she was a human being. And that's, that's, that's the only point that we're all trying to get to is the fact that we're all human beings, man. So, and she stepped up to the plate to help. So, you, you know, you got to give her a kudos and her justice, man. So, I, you know, my, my hand claps to this, to this woman because I, I knew nothing about it. You just brought it to my attention. 
Yeah, and, and you know, and here's the thing when you when you go back and, and read about her, her story. Let me spell her last name just in case I didn't pronounce it correctly. It's L I U Z Z O. So when you go back and read about her story, you know, back in the day, you would use white folks to transport African-Americans and stuff across state lines because more than likely they wouldn't get pulled over by the cops. So, you know, you didn't have tenant windows back then, so they would have to lay down in the backseat of cars and things of that nature. Well, she got shot because a vehicle full of Klan members saw her, just like, you know, if you saw the movie Mississippi Burning, uh, 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 Vanessa, where once again, it's like you're traveling down this road, the story about the three civil rights uh, 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 workers who got killed, two whites and one black. They run up behind them on these dark roads, bump them, and then, you know, sh- you know shoot their cars, riddle them with bullets, and she was killed because she was fatally hit by shots fired by a car. Now, this car had Ku Klux Klan members in it, plus they had an FBI informant in the freaking car as well, right? Now, this person was there to get inside the Klan, and that person testified against the others. Once again, we all know the story. An all-white jury found them not guilty. They got an acquittal. However, 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 I should say, uh, they were later tried by uh, a federal uh, uh, court, and believe it or not, even back in the day, they were found liable by an all-white jury uh, for the federal case, and they were each sentenced to 10 years uh, in prison. So, you know, the bottom line is these people killed a white woman, and they killed a woman who was a helping African-Americans. So I think, once again, Vanessa, we need to spend time to to look at these folks and, and try to give them their kudos because in most cases we don't even know who they are. And she's one of many people who lost their lives trying to help the cause. What say you? I mean, what do you want me to say about that? I appreciate her doing that. We appreciate, I mean, but yes, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say about that other than I, that was nice for her to put her life on the line for us. It was okay, nice for her to put her life on the line. Yes. Let me, let me tell y'all this. Yes. Okay. So at the party, the little white girl who was walking around helping me do everything, which is one of my white BFFs, Helen. You know what, who I'm talking about, Dan You mean at the, gla- at the glam, wow. glamour? Uh, ch- okay. Uh, anyway, the camp I think that worked me to death. Okay, bad. Yeah, the glam. The yeah. Thing, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. We were on a cruise a month ago, and it was yes. pouring down raining. She and her husband had cake, uh, uh, raincoats, rain cakes from, from the dollar store or whatever. Do you okay. know? That that white girl walked in the rain and gave me her raincoat. And your point is what? And my and my point is there are some good white people out there. That is my point. Oh, okay. I realize that there are good white people out there that help. You know it too, yeah. because I'm sure some have helped you along the way. We appreciate True. that that lady or whoever it was that helped but didn't get any credit for it. But even in this day and time, there are a lot of white people that are really nice and do stuff for you that your own family wouldn't do for you, and they don't get the credit. So, well, I, I don't know if it's a, 
Yeah, I don't know if it's a credit situation. I think that what we have to do is I think that the better word is acknowledgement because I don't think anyone does anything so they can have their name in the paper. I think that, you know, from your moral compass. Right. Your moral compass tells you that this is the right thing to do. You know, you, you yeah. know there were. I'm pretty sure there were white people back in the day that helped slow. Because you're looking at these are people, they're not animals, they're not dogs, they're not you know second class. Well, they were second class citizens, but there were people out there who said, you know what, we have to do the right thing and help these people out. So I I just think that we have to acknowledge folks like that. You know, sometimes when I would go to military funerals and they would talk about how people, you know, they died in combat and you would never be forgotten. Eh, Yeah, you will, because most people don't even know who you are. And I get it. I understand the fact that you just can't, you know, Arlington Cemetery, it's full of folks who have died for this country. You can't name everybody. But I do think that when you have an opportunity, or even if you have a platform where you may have two people listening to you, you you know, now two more people know about her. And then they can tell somebody, and then they can tell somebody, and then, you know, it can go on and on and on. So I do think you have to uh, take these opportunities to highlight what these people did. And like you said, Mr. Elias, just pay tribute to how they made the ultimate sacrifice. Because there are a lot of people who won't do that. You'd be amazed. We talk about white kids. I tell you what, when I yeah. saw that during George Floyd, I, I, I saw more white kids out than I saw black folks with the mm-hmm. BLM shirts on. Yeah. Right? I, I'm well, being honest. Yeah. 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 You're right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so let's not get caught up on that this is our cause and white folks don't play a role. I was watching uh, the other day, I watched Malcolm X. Uh, again, and I hadn't seen it in years. And, you know, first of all, I still can't understand how Denzel didn't get an Oscar for that. But you know, I digress. You, uh, you can't. But I, <laughs> well, I don't. He gets he gets an Oscar for playing Alonzo. Now hold on, now now <laughs> he played that role at training day, but he gets an Oscar for playing a rogue cop versus playing one of the most you know influential figures uh, in Thank our time. You. I guess I answered my own question. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. you know, so, but I, but I look at that whole thing, right, and I look at how at the end when he gave one of his final press conferences, he talked about how, you know, uh, white people, I think he, the line was white people can help us, but they can't join us. But he talked about that he would no longer look at white people the way he did before because of his, of his pilgrimage to Mecca. Right, he said, "Hey, there were uh, Muslims who had blind hair and blue eyes, so it, tra- it it transformed this whole thought process." And I know sometimes, you know, people have accused us of being all this pro-black, and oh, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. If black people do something wrong, you know, you you know, you need to call it out. And then if you do, you get you know, called black on black crime or whatever. I just think that you just have to look at things from a different perspective sometimes, and don't act as if white folks didn't sacrifice. It's not wrong to say white people gave their lives to have the cause, right? Yeah. I mean, do mm-hmm. we, yeah, I just I just think that that's not right. I mean, I think we have to the one that was that in Philadelphia and Mississippi. That, they gave their yeah. lives. That was two white guys and a black guy. So, yeah, they gave their lives yeah. for it. They gave their lives for the cause. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, be- because they felt it was the right thing to do. And we have to make sure that any time we get the opportunity 
to highlight those things, we we need to bring them up. I, I I just think so. Anyway, you need to bring them up, and you need to let people know that they made these sacrifices uh, for the betterment of mankind. And we have a long way to go, but there are a lot of dead bodies in cemeteries all over this world, all over this country, because of people who stepped up and felt that it was the right thing to do for their brothers and sisters. All right, we'll step out take a break. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Online radio at its best. Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, co-workers, and neighbors. 
for all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress. And so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, to connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Online radio at its best. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the call in number twenty three minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ross show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. Of course, it is time to say good morning to our crew. Vanessa May Belly and the Macinelli is here. Good morning, Miss Vanessa. How are you, ma'am? I'm here with my bright shining face. <laughs> oh, there you go. Vanessa, we're all in our places with bright, smiling faces. Thank you so much for being here. Mr. Elias is in the house as well. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to you. And good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Momo B. Good morning, Real Dia. Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, Mary and the Music. And Mary and the Music, that first song was called it was Summer 2000 by Janine Aku. I think that's her yeah. name. And the last yeah. song was by Lucky Witherspoon. Yeah. It was called Comfortable. And going to my mother. Uh, good morning, my brother Austin. Good morning, my brother Jerome. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to anyone in the world famous chat room? If there's someone or uh, anyone in the world famous chat room? Nah, nobody's in there. All right, so, yo, here's the deal. I want to say what's up to some folks now. I was not able. To be honest with you, I wasn't able to go out on online. I've been trying to connect. I have not been able to make the connection. So I'm sorry. <laughs> so there will be no state your case this morning. But I know the pastor's listening. What's up, pastor? I want to say what's happening to you and whoever else out there listening, whatever. Uh, yes, we love you. We love you. We love you. I also want to say what's up to my baby, the real deal. Thank you so much for being a part of it. It's the Sunday morning roundtable where we talk about topics, at least our panelists bring topics to the table uh, that uh, that's on their mind. And, you know, Vanessa brought up something last segment that I would like for us to talk about this segment or doing her segment, I should say. Uh, the abortion law. I mean, so there is right, there are five women from Texas who suing Texas because Texas has damn near made it impossible for you to get an abortion. And so the woman that's spearheading this charge is a woman who was pregnant with twins. And so one of the twins were, was, was in danger. And so they were like, well, we can go do an abortion, which I did not know they could do this, where they can go and just take one of the fetuses because that fetus threatened not only the life of the other twin, but of the mother as well. And because of these laws where people can get arrested and thrown in jail for all these years and get fined hundreds of thousands of dollars, she can't have a frank conversation with her medical professionals. So she had to travel 800 miles to have this procedure done. And so this woman, blonde, blonde hair and blue eyes, said, look, I have the means to do this. And lucky for me, 
that I'm in a position where I can take care of this. But there are so many women out there who do not have the means like I do to be able to travel, leave my job, leave my husband, uh, and go make this happen. So she's suing on behalf of women of color and people who who do not have those means, her and four other females. And I want to say kudos to them. But, you know, I talked about this earlier in the show. You know, this country, and we heard it during uh, Kavina time, this country is at a state, as far as in my opinion at least, this country is in a, you know, is in a state where people can do what the hell, mean people can do what the hell they want to do, Mr. Elias. They can do it. And, and at the yeah. end of the day, they have cover. No one says anything yeah. to them about it. They can do what mm-hmm. they want to do. And so it's mm-hmm. just crazy. It's crazy. So so anyway, I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about that. So so give me your thoughts on it, Mr. Elias, because, you know, I, I don't, unless the Democrats say, look, we're going to stack the Supreme Court, which they can't do, I don't think. They can, but I don't think they will. Because, you know, President Biden is such a constitutionalist. He's, you know, he's an old school guy. He don't want to expand the court. And this kind of goes back to what we talked about before, where Democrats need to, you know, get a pair and say the heck with this. Mm-hmm. They want to fight fire with mm-hmm. fire. But it's not going to happen at this yeah. point. But also I understand the reason why, I guess, because they're saying what you're doing is you're setting a, you're setting a precedent that when there's a Republican president, then, you know, that person can have three people on the court. And so you can just continue to do this you don't, until it gets ridiculous. You don't ridiculous, think if the Republican right? Party was in the same situation, they wouldn't do that? Well, they've already they proven would. that. Merrick Garland they is would. the Attorney General because he's not sitting on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. You know? So they would they, and, would, they and, would, definitely do it. So, you know, the Democrats world, the Republican Party going to do, do it. They, they're going to do it. If they ever get in that same position, they would do it in a heartbeat and anything would have a conscience. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, because I think let, let me ask you this, because as we were talking, it, it just I, I just it just I had a vision. So there has to be a grown up in the room, right? So maybe that's the reason why the Democrats are not doing it, because there has to be a grown up in the room. No, I'm just okay. asking the question. I'm not I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent. What I'm saying is is that there has to be someone who stops this madness, because we already know what they'll do if they were in power. They've already illustrated mm-hmm. that they will bend the rules to get what they want. But you can't have a lawless town, so you got to have someone in the town, right, that has law and order, right? I mean, right? I mean, because if not, it just continues to go on. Dude, I guess it's a philosophy. Two wrongs don't make a right. I don't, I'm just trying to figure out where does the madness stop? Like, for example, it won't, it won't sur- anywhere. What? It won't stop anywhere. If the Republican Party were in power, do you think we would still have the right to vote? Do you? Well, I, well, li- well listen, I, I'm, I'm not arguing. In a I'm, I'm not arguing those points. And, and let me bring up something that we should have brought up earlier because, you know, this, and, you know, and we are a victim of this. And, you know, shame on us. For not talking about what happened to those to those brothers and sisters that happened in Mexico, we didn't bring that up at all today, and I want to bring it up right now because you know they went down there for a medical procedure and uh, ended up being at the wrong place at she the wrong went time. Down and I was, to get her butt enlarged. She went down okay, there to get her butt enlarged. She went out for a tummy tuck. 
Oh, here we go. Come on. I want to hear this because I, I can hear your tone. This sounds, this has Brittany Griner written all over it, but go ahead. It's telling people, wait a minute. Okay, let me bring it down for now. Bring it down. The travel advisory is telling people that if you're not at a resort, if you're not with a cruise line, you can't just be going San Diego and going across the border and all of this stuff. One of the friends didn't get killed or didn't get snatched because she didn't have the right ID to get across the border. So that wasn't nobody but God protecting that one. So I'm just saying, she went across the tummy tuck, butt in large shape, whatever. And and she got they got caught in the middle of a crossfire of the Mexican cartel. I mean, I feel sorry for them. I hate it. But you don't see my black ass going across the border going to get my titties lifted, do you? Well, thank you, Vanessa, for all that graphic commentary on the Sunday morning. Listen, hold on. First of all, now, see, out of all the mornings, I can't reach these comments because I know they're coming in hard. I promise you guys, put your comments out there. I will read them next week, I promise, because they're coming. Oh, with that statement right there, they're coming. I will get those topics, and I will read them next week. But, but okay, but hold on. But hold on. But, but, but hold on, Vanessa. People need to read stuff before they go traveling all willy-nilly. Well, okay, I agree. I, Vanessa, I agree. But but your tone is almost as if, like, you know, it's like, well, they, it's almost like, well, they, they got what they deserve. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Am, I, am I misinterpreting what your tone is on this? I'm just not surprised that it happened to them. I'm just not surprised that it happened to them. Hundreds of thousands not... of people go every year to have that done. So, okay, right now so... the cartel is at an all-time war, and people need to do a little research before they try to go get something cheaper. People are just trying to save a couple thousand dollars, and people lose, they lost their life over there. She could have got that done in Thailand. I mean, you can get that done anywhere. Well, well okay, people well, first of all, they're from South Carolina. Why do you think she took well, the guys but, but with know. her? Either okay, she took the guys know. with her for protection, or she took the guys with her because they were buying drugs. This one, Jay. Oh, they were buying drugs. Oh, oh my God. God. Now, see, oh, now, now, okay, now that's a black on black crime. That's a black on black crime. Blind drugs. So, and that's what, and I saw that. I saw people on white wing radio say the exact same thing that you just said. Well, they may have been over there buying drugs. I mean, come on. Can we give people the benefit of the doubt? Do we have to assume that they were going over there to buy drugs because they were black? Can you tell me why she took all of those black guys with her? Because they're all friends. They were... They're all childhood friends. Yeah. Now, Jay. Jay. So what were they doing oh while God. she was having surgery? They were go- Listen, they okay, you didn't read the story. They were supposed no, to no, drop her off. What were, they going to, I'm sorry, what were they going to be doing? This has been all over the news all week. Well, let me ask you something. Why she had all oh, that done? Yeah, you have to. First of all, it, 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 okay, I'm not gonna make okay. it up. Okay, let me let me ask you a question. I let me ask you a them, question. But you need to get uh. people need to be read read people read. Okay, let, let me ask you a question. Have you ever gone to a, a, an appointment with a friend just for support? 
Have you? Have you? Have, I've I've ridden. I've had friends who wanted to go someplace, and I rode in the car with them because you know, hey, if something happens to the car, the car breaks down. You know, I can jack it up and and fix it flat. So could it be just wanted somewhere there just in case something happened? It's not. It's nothing wrong with her traveling with a bunch of male friends. There were supposed to be two females and three guys. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't understand. There's nothing wrong with it. But I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and she was like, well. There's an advisor against Mexico. What? Huh? What did you just say? There is an advisory against Mexico. Oh, that's true. And and they should have done their due diligence. There's no doubt about that. I'm not going to sit here and say they shouldn't have done it. But it's almost as if you're blaming them because they wanted to go have a medical procedure, which was perfectly legal. People cross that border every day to go to and from work. It's down in Brownsville. You know where Brownsville is? I've been down there for work. Okay. Okay. And people that I work with was like, hey, we can go across the border. It's a, okay. it's a border town. Okay. But here's the deal. And here's the part, here's the part that, to me, that you're leaving out. Normally, the cartel do not mess. The cartel does not mess with Americans because they know what was going on. And I, saw, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and she was saying, "Well, I can't believe they did that." So let me tell you something. And this is what I said before this happened. And I, and, I, I'm, and if you don't believe me, I can get on the show next week. I said to her, "I said, listen. I said, no matter how much junk people talk, Russia, China, you know, uh, North Korea, the cartels." They don't want this smoke. And they know that if they, they poke their bear long enough, they're going to get that smoke. They can talk all that yin-yang. They can rattle cages. They can rattle those sabers. They can kill an American or two. But they know if they do something, something significant, they're going to get that smoke, that smoke. And I said, I wouldn't be surprised. This is what I told her. I said, I wouldn't be surprised that some way, somehow, the people who did that would end up in U.S. custody. And guess what? That very next day, Mm-hmm. They put a no, we sorry. We you know, we the big bad cartel, but guess what? We don't want that smoke. Because they know that if they tempt that bear, we have resources that will listen, nobody wanna mess with the United States of America. They can talk all that junk, Vanessa. But we got smoke and if we act ignorant, we can tear this whole damn place apart. Nobody wants it. So the U.S. is trying to be, the, okay, listen, everybody hate what happened to the, the Washington Post reporter with Saudi. But let's be honest, that's collateral damage. That's collateral damage. Because at the end of the day, they're saying, okay, we don't really want to mess with the U.S. And you see what the cartel did. So anyway, blessings to the family. Uh, to 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 what what happened to them? And you're right. I mean, if you look at their face, didn't they do a Facebook live, Mr. Elias? They were all kind of chilling in the van. One girl was in this sleeping, saying, "Get the camera out my face, I'm sleeping." Yeah. So they were just a bunch of friends yeah. going, you know, driving to 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 you know to a town that's right outside Brownsville. Huh. And look what happened. And Vanessa's wow. quiet because she doesn't agree with what we're saying. That's okay. That's fine. You don't have to agree. 
You don't have to agree at all. Actually, <laughs> I'm getting dressed for church to pray for all of these people, but I do not agree. I don't agree. You, and even what part of last year, I don't agree because they always tell people to use caution when you're going through Mexico. When we go to San Diego, we go across the border. Yeah. And I did it one time, and I said I wasn't going back no more to do that. But I'm just saying, y'all, even when I'm in and out of Mexico, and y'all know I'm in and out of Mexico every month because every cruise ship that leave out of Galveston area or out of Florida goes through Mexico. I don't deviate away from the tours from the cruise line because they even advise it. So I just don't. People have to use caution. I had a friend had a butt bill that was ten thousand dollars. She got it done in Pearland. I mean, you can go, you can go into Mexico. My daughter never finna go to Mexico right outside of Cozumel to spend five days. I'm a nervous wreck because she's away from the tourist area. But that's just hard-headed young people ain't paying no attention. So, uh, Jessica, have y'all read the advisory? Yes, ma'am. We've read the advisory. We know we're gonna. Do- I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That I, I, I'm out of Mexico and I use caution, and other people are just going to have to use caution. And and if you want to go get some cheap work done, y'all, please put it on the credit card and break it down into two years worth of payment. Don't go over to Mexico to go get stuff done to save a couple thousand dollars. It's all Vanessa is saying. Now that's all I got to say about that. And and God bless the family. And I'm sorry it happened to them. But for anybody else that's listening, don't be trying to go to Mexico to go get no cheap teeth and butt butt lip titties done. No. Okay. Well, a, a number. Mr. Elias, you, you have anything you want to want to say uh, about what uh, you, you have any comments? <laughs> Look, I, I, as a person who's traveled to different countries like Brazil and uh, Taiwan and Germany and you yeah. know. Hey, we we went to the Czech Czechoslovakian border. <laughs> yeah, you we know. drove to Paris, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, as, even that, you know, um, what happened to these young these young people were unfortunate. And you know, you got friends who you are going to be around, and you you know, these friends, they, they, I don't think they were going there to buy drugs. They, they were going there to support their friend. So I mean. For us, they drove from I, South Carolina. I That's a long yeah. drive. They they drove to you know yeah. let's take turns. I mean you know it's That's not like they flew of miles. That's yeah. thousands of miles. Guys might have been just going to hang out. They might have been going to just hang out. I don't know if I don't know what the guys wanted. I'm not saying that they went out there to go purpose go buy drugs and go get. I am well, saying that's what you said. But when you okay, I'm just saying I don't know what they went there for. But I am saying okay. that people, take, they need to take caution. They need to read before they decide to go somewhere else. And so they can be careful. But you, okay, and let me say this. Now, I, and I'm going to come to your defense on this point and this point only. As an avid traveler, you are doing a service by telling people to do this. Because let me be honest with you. I'll, it's amazing how many conversations I have with people who talk about they go on all these trips, and I say, well, when you go on these trips, did you check in with the State Department? No. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. When you travel abroad, you should check in with the State Department, first of all, to make sure that there's nothing going on in that area, which I agree with Vanessa on this. Plus, when you get to your destination, you should also register with the State Department. 
so they'll know where you are at all times. See, people don't know that. So if an emergency happens, then if you're abroad, because like Mr. LES, for work, I had to travel a lot. I was in Dubai a lot. I was in uh, Doha, in Scotland, London. Say what? I would love to go to Dubai. Yeah, well, okay. But but <laughs> the thing is, as soon as I got there, well, you know, that's a whole different. Now, that, now, the, now my trip to Dubai should be on the J. Ryle show, and who knows if we have one of those anytime soon. Now, that was comical. But if you travel, right, then you, you register with the State Department because if something happens at home, they can call the State Department, and the State Department can get in contact with you. So a lot of people don't know that. So you're right. Sometimes the fact that you don't, but you can't, you can't knock them for not knowing that. You know, maybe they did their research and said, hey, go and, but, you know, but we have to be careful because that's the first thing that came out of those Republicans' mouth. Oh, they down there, oh, they got all the black people, they doing drugs. What are you talking about? That's what I would have thought about the guys, but I believe she was going to go get some some work done. I believe that. And, but I, it was the guys I wasn't sure about. But you know what? We have had to do research because, you know, we're going to go out the country next month for two weeks. So from what I'm hearing, Ireland is going to take our passports. You think I would have known that if I hadn't researched it or we started researching where we were going ahead of time? Because if they had well, you're an avid traveler. But you know what? I would have said, you ain't getting my passport. Are you crazy? But now I know. But you're an avid traveler. Well, people but need you're... to be a little. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're doing, your, you're doing your service by telling people that this is what they need to do. People who travel, you need, you know, knowledge is power. So if you're not a person that travels a lot, then get with someone who does travel, and they'll tell you what you need to do. There's a checklist of things you need to do before you, you know, go abroad. And, and you know, regardless of whether you're traveling for business or pleasure, it doesn't really matter. You're covered better on the business side because your business and company knows where you are, and more than likely you're traveling to a business site. But let me tell you something. I had to go and travel to a location. When I got to that location, them jokers, I literally walked in on local stealing stuff off one of our rigs. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, okay. I walked on board. I'm like, okay, what y'all doing? Oh, uh, uh, um, you know, we're removing. I'm like, well, let me see your stuff. And so then that's when they hightailed it out of there. But they had stole, already stole like $100,000 worth of equipment. So, you know, once again, you just have to know where you're going, you know, and, and, and so forth and so on. Wow, this is uh, oh, your say what? Know your surroundings. I agree. I agree. I, I agree 110% with that. Know your surroundings. Know where you're going. And uh, we're going to say <laughs> I have to tell the story. I'm going to tell the story one day about my uh, Dubai trip. It's hilarious. But uh, any any final comments on this topic, Mr. Ellis, before we step out? Uh, yeah, man. We got our brother Jerome with us, man. I just, I just saw him. Oh, I was just listening patiently. I was, I was just being paid. I was just listening oh. to the story. But, but that's uh, hurt my feelings. Here. I, I just want to say that for the record. Vanessa, you hurt my feelings on this, on that one. Well, well Jerome, you, you will really be, when you go back and listen to the show, you will really be upset because she did an impersonation of you that sucked. 
Go back and listen to the, the, the beginning of the show when you hear that thing. It, it sucks. It, 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 it really sucks. She agreed so with you. I, her, I did. It, I she agreed. Yeah, but it sucks. Jerome would have not, said, not blah, 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 blah. And we're going to tell me, yeah, but, do it in your Jerome voice. I said, I can't well, do well, that. It's, well, it sucked, though. I mean, I just wanted, because your impression, you were saying what Jerome was saying, blah, I said, that's not how he sounds. So anyway, uh, Jerome, but, I'll tell you what, we're, we're, not, we're not going to do Pastor Steve State Your Case because I can't get into any of these uh, places. So we have, uh, we have about 10 minutes, sir. So uh, what okay. say you on anything? Well, no, I I want to say that I I was saying Vanessa hurt my feelings on this one because Vanessa, you know, I cannot tell you how many times a friend was, I don't care, taking their daughter to college and we just took it as a road trip or somebody was going someplace or someone had to move and I just jumped in the car with everybody else and was like, all right, let's go. Black folks do that. Like it's not that, right. and that's that's white folks' impression when somebody says, oh, they must have been going to buy drugs. And, and Mexico. Mexico as a country is not under a travel advisor. There are some areas that are. And black people are really, if you watch Dave Chappelle's special years ago, black people are bad bargaining chips. We don't really, people don't go and be like, oh, there's some black people here, let's shoot them up. Right? So yeah. I don't, I think it was like when the cartels turned those dudes over. It was a mistake. They said those dudes went rogue, and they shot up a car. It wasn't like they were in a shootout because you'd be stupid to take a gun across the border because you're not going to be able to bring it back because if U.S. Customs catch you, you, you are done, right? Yep. So they didn't go there to do no, you know, illicit transaction stuff. They looked like they were just having fun from their lives. And, you know, you should travel in groups. That's for our own safety. So yeah. I would never say why are they traveling together. That's white folks' fear of bl- having more than two black people together. But I was I was actually on a cruise at some point, and we were in Mexico. And I remember my mother, my cousin, and it was like three other people were walking ahead of me. And I do this on purpose. So mm. me and one of my cousins lagged behind, and I watched somebody mirror them and follow them around. And then I got behind the person that was following them. You have to look mm. out for your people when you're traveling like that. That is just a survival thing for us. So I did not them, say Jerome that they should not have had somebody with her because when she got out of surgery, she was going to have to have somebody to lay her down in the van, and that's probably the reason why they rented one. So I did not say that because they were going to need some help. I did no, say. But, didn't really mean it. I did say the guys could have been getting drugs. I don't know. I'm just saying right, I don't know. I'm not saying that's what saying they that, did. But, but I that's am what I'm saying, saying that that's a default. That's a default with us People black need to folks. Of their <laughs> now, might not be all of Mexico, but it's damn sure most of it. Right, but I'm saying that that's a default for us to always, you know, like you said, when Fox News says that, I stop watching Fox News. That is, we're always evil and doing something that we're not supposed to. Shoot, people go to Canada to get, you know, procedures too. I live closer to Canada than I do Mexico. People run to Canada for a lot of stuff. There are a lot of people who are here who are from, you know, Toronto and stuff, and people go back and forth all the time. Canada's a lot better than Mexico, Jerome. So you say. I mean, I've been to Canada, and Canada is not that, you know, I've been in Toronto quite a few times. It's cleaner. 
I would say that. But you can't say criminals ain't there and they won't snatch black folks, especially black women, are getting snatched all over this freaking planet. And it's just because there are people who are praying, praying on us. And we need to be uh, defensive-minded. We cannot go anyplace and not worry about our safety, right? The place is still kind of dangerous. But like I said, Mexico, as far as that cartel stuff comes, if you, you know, like anybody who's, you know, whether it's the mob or whether it is cartel stuff, if you don't have nothing to do with their business, they won't waste time on you. It's a bad business move. And, again, that's why they turned those fools over. That had nothing to do with them making money, shooting up some visitors from the United States just because you felt like you could do that. That's why they turned them over. Because, you know, like Jay said, they don't want to deal with a whole government that's going after them. We have spy satellites that can probably find them in about 10 seconds, right? Because once they that's grabbed true. them, they had their cell phones on them. And the Mexican government asked them not to the U.S. not doing, and they're like, we can find them, and we will drone their asses in a minute. Like they, He's right. Everybody knows what the technology is in the United States. He's right. So, yeah, so randomly taking U.S. citizens is not the thing, If um, especially if you're doing something illegal. That was our excuse for going into, um, you know, different countries. Oh, you know, what was it, um... Iraq, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. We went into Pakistan, and we we're like, we don't have no agreements with them. We we're like, oh, yeah, some al-Qaeda, somebody's hiding in there. We bombed them. We droned somebody and even got bin Laden in that country, and we had no right to do that. It's nothing in the middle of the night. We went and grabbed Noriega, right? We took, like, we can call them names all we want to. Oh, he was a dictator, whatever. The, the United States went in their cover, cover of darkness yep. and snatched a president of a country. Sure they go to the UN and talk. <laughs> we do that. So, yep. yeah. I, I'm just saying, don't blame black folks for being, you know, for, when they're getting victimized, that it, somehow it was their fault that they got victimized. People go across the border. Do you ever blame black people for anything other than not voting? I'm just curious. Uh, not oh, wow. not really, no. Okay. No, not, okay. no, because because... We are always reactionary. Black folks are mainly reactionary to our, our environment. You know, I was, if you ever want to watch a, a really good show there, for, for business, there's this program on the History Channel called The Food That Built America. So it talks about everybody who created these businesses from scratch, Famous Amos, the guy who, the black dude who invented, like, the buffalo wings kind of thing. Like, it talks about all of them, right? And I don't care if it's, Henry Ford, or I shouldn't say Henry Ford, because Hitler kept a picture of Henry Ford on his desk because he inspired him. That should tell us all something. But if you look at the food that built America, um, and you look at somebody like, um, I don't know, Mrs. Fields, she built that company from scratch. Somebody came and gave her a check for $100 million. You know why? Because there's white folks who had that kind of money. You can start anything from scratch, and there is somebody who has a, shitload more of money than you do and so what happens is that no matter what we are doing in this country um we can be manipulated by those people who have and so black people are always the victim of that i feel sorry for jay-z and beyonce or 50 cent if you have a billion dollars or, or michael jackson he kept saying they're trying to kill me he had the beatles catalog his security was not his people 
the security company that was overseeing his or the, the trust that was overseeing the state, they stole that dude's money when he died. Okay, Jerome, you're completely off the subject, and y'all ain't say nothing no, to him. But if you're, it's me, you're asking me, because you asked me a question. You said, do I ever blame black people? And I am telling you why. It's because we are usually reacting to something. And I was just giving you examples of stuff that we have to be conscious of when we're dealing in the greater society, because once we don't have enough allies to watch our own back, we are always trusting white folks to do that. And we cannot keep blaming black people for being hung out to dry or for them making bad decisions in areas that we have no control in. Right? Black people aren't victims in this world. I'm not saying that. We're the majority of this world. But we don't like the there, – there's something in us innately that makes us want to protect white people, and I don't understand it. It, be, it. I just don't get it. Because anybody who's free actually, you know, it was Carter G. Woodson, since we have a little time, but it was Carter G. Woodson that said this. Now, Carter G. Woodson, who Black History Week and Black History Month was cre- created by him, right? He wrote this book called um, um, that Miseducation of the Negro, right? But he... He's a highly academic person, and once he realized that academia does not free us, he wrote The Miseducation of the Negro because he, he realized that white folks educating you do not make you smart, right? It makes you think like white folks. So he said there's two educations. There's one that somebody else, is, somebody else gives you, and there's the other that you give yourself, which is more valuable and longer lasting. He got smarter. That's all I'm saying. So we can't just be like, I got a PhD from MIT. White folks are going to look out for us, and if we play this by these rules, this is going to work. Carter G. Woodson was like, no. You know, we have to kind of understand our miseducation is not us holding down status quo. It's us understanding that we become victims of, you know, the Martin Luther King quote that he feared that he was integrating us into a burning house. You integrated black people into a burning house, what do you expect to happen? People are going to prey on each other. People are going to make bad de- – everybody's trying to survive. So, no, I don't really blame black folks. There, there are cases individually you can blame black folks for their actions, but across the board we think a certain way because we're trying to survive in a world that we're not um, – in areas that we don't control. That's why I don't. Hope oh, that answered the question. Oh, look, I'm talking my mics off. All right, it's time for our final <laughs> thoughts. And uh, Vanessa, just for the record, we didn't jump on you. You jumped on us for changing the topic. Oh, she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> she jumped on us. <laughs> she jumped on she us. Really left us. Yeah, she's she <laughs> All right, yeah. our final thoughts, uh, Jerome. 
Yeah, I, I probably changed the topic because I didn't know what the topic was. I just talked about whatever it was that you guys were commenting on. My bad. She jumped on us. She jumped on us. I'm changing the topic. But I love her anyway. All right. Hey, uh, you just, all right. Uh, you asked me what my thoughts were, and that's what I gave you. That was our point earlier. Uh, yeah. So we're 90 seconds out. Mr. Elias, man, uh, any, any any final words? Well, just get out and vote. That's the only thing I'm going to have to say is get out and vote. All right. Get out and vote. All right. So uh, coming up here in about two minutes, if he wants it, is on a need-to-know basis. Now, he'd have to fly solo today because uh, we have commitments. But, hey, man, you can pilot the plane by yourself, right? Or do you just want to wait until next week? <laughs> it's up to you, no, Mr. Thoreau. You know what? We'll, 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 save it. we'll save it for next week since I came in late. I guess I'll be punished as well as everybody else. So we'll, we'll knock it out next week. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll wait for Vanessa to call and yell at me. She's like, you cannot keep going on for the whole yeah. next hour. So, she yeah. jumped on us. She, she jumped on us. Oh, my God. I all right. Do you say, and look, and I agree with you during the first segment on numerous occasions. I don't know. All right, so look, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday, <laughs> we're talking serious stuff. What time is it? Oh, boy. It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Show. Wow. She is so. Y'all jumped on me. You the one jumped on us. Anyway, so for my baby, Miss Vanessa May Belly from the Macanelli, for Jerome, the smartest man in the world, and for my main man, Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Riles saying have a wonderful work weekend for Sunday. We're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. See you next week. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs>